a Woods Indian. Woods Indian. I I was working on him, you know, like the last two years, but he told me he was like, man, he was like, I'm not really in the position to be able to do it, and if I do it, I want to do it like proper, you know. <laughs> Episode three, the Corey Texter and Jake Johnson podcast. I think we finally have a name. We're going with Tank Slapping Podcast with C-Tex and JJ5. The fans voted, and that's what we're going with. Jake, let's get it going. Yeah, let's. Uh, what's up, everybody? Uh, not much news this week. Uh, Christmas, New Year's, that whole thing. So uh, kind of the, the, the whole flat track world's been a little bit quiet, so... We've had some uh, some questions we've got uh, asked over social media, things like that. So we're going to touch on some of those things. But one thing we wanted to bring up, national numbers. How do we make that mean something again? Yeah, uh, man, that's um, there's not a lot of changes that I get super frustrated with or I feel as passionate about as some people that I see on social media. But one of the biggest things that I'm passionate about, I guess, because of my long history in the sport is just the national numbers and how important they were to me growing up and to everybody that's had one over the years. It was a very prestigious thing. And now that there is, you know, an AFT singles class, there's a production twins class. They started giving out two digit numbers a couple years ago in the AFT singles class. And some of those guys call their two digit number in singles a national number. For me, it just it's just not. And now, you know, they had three-digit numbers. They took away the, the lettering system, which I'll get into in a bit. But, yeah, I just uh, – it's 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 a bummer to see where the national number thing has gone. Even a couple years back, you know, you didn't even have to make a national to keep your national number. Uh, you had to just sign up for your pro card. But, yeah, I don't like it at all. I mean, when I when I turned expert, getting your national number was, was a really cool thing. And now it's just kind of meh. Yeah, well, they they kind of totally screwed it up. I think they were kind of on the right path. I understand the the whole getting rid of the letter. I agree. You know, because you would have 27P, 27A, 27X, you know, all on the track at the same right. time. So it got a little confusing. But the way I look at it, I look at like Supercross, Motocross, right? So rookie comes in, he's typically a three-digit number until you get points, points, sure. X amount of points, yeah. whatever it is in the 250 class, 450 class. Then it seems like I, I'm still kind of confused on it, but a lot of the 250 guys will change their number every year right? until they get a career number. Right. Right. So I could see that, you know, with the singles class, you know, it would kind of look stupid to have everybody have three-digit numbers. But what got me is you know, they gave out the same numbers for both classes. Yeah. You know, you have a, you could have a, you know, 65 in the twins class and a 65 in the singles class, two different guys, same number. I, I you know, I think they kind of screwed it up there. Um, I think they're in the process of fixing that possibly. I seen something new in the rules that they're trying to not let numbers cross classes and things like that, but that'll help. I, I still don't, it's just hard for me to see, to see these kids, like the younger riders and their, their team owners or their parents or whatever calling, you know, oh, oh, here's a national number in the singles class. It's like, man, that is not the same thing. And it, it just goes back to, you know, this is the prestige of earning a national number. And for me, the biggest, I thought they ruined it when they just started letting guys keep their national number. I mean, the way it was when I was a rookie expert, you had to make a national every year to keep that number. And that's why it was so prestige for Terry Poovey to have it for as long as he did or, 
uh, man, and Steve Moorhead, all those guys, you, to make a national every year for that long is something that carries a lot of prestige. And for me, you know, I've I've made a Grand National premier main event every year since 2008. So I definitely consider myself having it for every year. But there's guys that only made one national, and then they had a national number for five years after that because they just kept signing up for their pro card. Hell, some of them didn't even show up to the races. They just held on to a national number. So, yeah, just make national numbers great again is, is the motto right now that I'm, I'm going with. I It's just – yeah, it pisses me off a little bit just to – I get fired up over the national number thing. I don't know why it bums me out so much, but it just don't – it doesn't mean anything anymore. New guy question here. Uh, so I'm still kind of new to the sport, so I don't have all the history that you guys have with the old, you know, the old national numbers. Is it – what happens if somebody like Henry Wiles drops down to the singles from the Twins class and brings a 17? Is there anybody in singles now with 17? I don't think so. But, like, there's more people dropping down from Twins to singles. Like, I don't, is that – and like, what if there's a guy that rides singles all the time and, and is known for that number? Like, that's going to be a conflict, right? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to work that. Um, I would think that Henry would have seniority on that, but technically, he's going to a class that he's going to a single. He's a rookie, so he should have a three-digit number in that class, right? But he shouldn't. Hey, it's not even really called a national number if he's riding a single, in my eyes. So. He's pretty much given up a national number. When I rode the singles class, I bumped up on the on back to the twins class the last couple of rounds, and I made the national at the season finale in Meadowlands. So technically, I got to keep my national number. Uh, and then this year, I made I did a wild card round at Atlanta and made the made the final in the premier class. So yeah, it's just if I didn't earn it, I don't think I would take it. You know, and there's guys, the singles class guys too. If you won a championship. I think Kyle Johnson and Wyatt McGuire, they gave national numbers to them. Dan Bromley, I think, maybe. They gave them national numbers before they even made a national. I think I saw somewhere on social media, Colby, he he had to run 136. And they asked Somebody asked him why he had to run that. And I think he said something like it was a technicality on AFT's part. I'm like, bro, that ain't a technicality. Like, you never made a Twins final. So, you know, it's not knocking anybody or, you know, I don't know the position these guys are in, whether or not their team wants them to pick a two-digit number, but it's just—it's not a national number. It's just not. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's, can't get with it. There's been a lot of weird things like that throughout the years. Uh, it just brings to mind when I was actually before I was technically a rookie, I got a few provisionals to race uh, nationals at the end of 2001. 2002 is my rookie year. Um, Damn, you're old. Yeah. So <laughs> I had—I uh, was—it was different then. There was. Pro sport, a bait, you know, a expert, and then GNC. Right. So as an expert, you could ride a. Uh, I won't bore you with all the details, but so anyway, I wasn't eligible to ride a 750 at a national yet, but I got a provisional to do so. Made to coin the last round of the year. Didn't earn a number. Well, I could have. That you know, I was all pumped. I, I think I finished 36 in the main event, but um, but made a national. You know, I, yeah, I was 17 years old or whatever it was, and. Uh, I was pumped. I'm like, man, I'm going to be, you know, rookie year number 14. I'm a national number. Well, at the time they kind of had it right. Cause they gave me a provisional. So I was kind of, I was there, but I wasn't supposed to be there. But right. if I took the national number, I wouldn't have been eligible for rookie, rookie of the year. Of the year. Next year. Okay. So no, I yeah. didn't take it and then was eligible in one rookie of the year next, the right. next year. So makes sense. And that rookie of the year thing that has yeah, that's been a mess, I think, too. That's gone away uh, a little bit, too, because last yeah. year I think Brandon Price was the only rookie. So, I mean, yeah. he had a phenomenal season. He probably would have won it regardless of no matter who was the rookie. Uh, 
kid finished on the podium at a race in his rookie year that's that's phenomenal but yeah i think he was the only rookie so when there's when there's 12 guys in the super twins class next year who's gonna win rookie of the year the only rookie probably so yeah it's uh it's it's pretty crazy there's a lot of changes right now that us old timers still wish didn't change you know we're pretty let's say me and jake are pretty okay with a lot of the changes to an extent like we're not gonna sit around and and whine about them speak we, for yourself we don't like them but we don't let it ruin our day necessarily or does it ruin your day mm, it bums me out sometimes yeah. it bums me out but hey yeah i gotta accept change i guess yeah it's i mean we we put our i'm on the advisory board and i, I put my two cents in sometimes but sometimes it gets thrown back at me so but we do our part to try and provide input but at the end of the day it's it's not our series we're just riders in it and we got to prepare ourselves for whatever they throw at us really i mean you can sit around and whine about it you can sit around and complain but at the end of the day like we're riders our job is to race so we got to prepare for whatever rules they give us or whatever they tell us to do it's you know it's their court we're just playing ball on it so um but no it's it's just something i was thinking about a couple other things i i'm a big wrestling fan uh my brother was a really good high school wrestler and wrestling's like my my favorite sport to watch really um i don't know i just something about the individual aspect of wrestling the one-on-one you and another guy out there and there's a lot of flat trackers that have wrestled and i got thinking about it you know jr schnabel was a wrestler i think tanner dean wrestled quite a bit uh, two of the big name ones are jared meese and henry wiles and jared's from pennsylvania wrestling's pretty big in pa and i heard wiles is a really good wrestler so I'm just thinking I'd love to see a Jared Meese versus Henry Wiles wrestling match because those two, they have some history. I would love to see it. Jake, you said you before the show, you've it almost happened? It almost happened once, uh, but several times, I think. I think Henry really wants it to happen um, every time, uh, every time I, I, I've been around it. I think Jared, I'm not going to call him out, but I think he's kind of been the one that, that kind of backed down and shied right. away from it. But, uh, yeah, it was probably about eight, 10 years ago. Uh, it was after Lima after the national, um, everybody was at the hotel where, wherever it was afterwards. And, uh, everybody's hanging out in the lobby and all of a sudden Henry was there, but wasn't racing. He had, uh, he had two broken wrists. And there was a weird story about that. One story was he broke both of his wrists riding motocross, but he was telling everybody he fell off a roof. Oh, right, right, right. Something. Yep, so he had he had braces on both both wrists. And so we're all, you know, like I said, we're all hanging out at this uh, at this hotel <laughs> in right, right in the middle of the lobby. And we're all having pizza and beer or whatever. And Henry is just hammering Jared. Come on, we, we want to wrestle, we want to wrestle. And Jared's like, man, it's just, this is a lose-lose situation for me. The guy's got two broken wrists. So if Jared wins, he it's, because, broken wrist. it's because Henry has two broken wrists. If he loses, he got beat by a guy with two broken yeah. wrists. Yeah. So yeah, Jared, that was that was a bad scenario for him. So I think Henry ended up wrestling. Wasn't Jared Addison's dad? No, it wasn't Jared Addison. It was um. Why can't I think of his name? He's right from here in Pennsylvania. Lives out near State College. Austin Greenland. Austin Greenland. Okay. Yeah. So Austin and I don't know. He was probably seventeen or eighteen at the time, just a kid. Yeah. I'll, I'll wrestle Henry Wiles, and he was, I guess, a wrestler, wrestler in high school or okay. at the time or wherever yeah. it was. And so they start wrestling, and I, I don't know what happened, but I remember there were some cheap shots thrown, and and Hell uh, yeah. Austin got tripped, and next thing I know, Austin's mom has Henry by the throat, and. <laughs> 
yeah it all went bad that's so, awesome I so, mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so long story short the Mies wiles match didn't happen that but bums it's been, me out man because i i'm a pa wrestling fan and i know how big wrestling is in pennsylvania and being a pa boy Jared needs to step up and make this happen. I heard Meese was telling us a couple weeks ago it almost happened that the trail rider a few weeks ago, the Michigan trail ride, they almost wrestled. And man, I don't know. I know Jared was a really good wrestler, so I, I don't know much about Wiles' wrestling career, but maybe we can do that at uh shoot, we should get him to the winter throwdown. We could sell yeah, some more tickets. Be good, like that. a good good charity event or something. Yeah, know? I I gotta pick Jared just because Pennsylvania wrestling is it's just a different level than any other state, I think, personally. Not to be biased or anything, but Wiles is scrappy, so that'd be a good one. It'd be some hair pulling for sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't know much about it. You know, I didn't <laughs> wrestle in high school. I, you can't to, throw punches. To so. me, two guys rolling around on the floor and spandex. <laughs> I don't think anybody wins. Yeah, you're right. I, that, it is, it, I'm ignorant to it, you know. But it gets weird sometimes. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Yeah, tonight's show is once again sponsored by Landshark. Last week. Jake was pretty tipsy. So this week, Jody came with, and he's got a designated driver. So drink on, but here we go. There you go. That's another one for you. But, yeah, no, Jake Jake and Jody celebrated their eight-year anniversary. So congrats to them. And last night, Jake had a little, a little too many drinks, so he's not sending it quite like he was last week. Oh, it's starting to come back around. Starting to come around. Starting to come back it's around. getting second win. So Jake mentioned that we had a couple of fan questions this week, which is pretty cool. We're just getting started, but some fans are reaching out to us and they want us to talk about some things. The biggest one, I think I had two or three fans ask me was to watch, to watch your language, to watch my language for language. sure. Disclaimer. I curse. I grew up in a Harley shop. I don't drop nasty curse words, but I, I curse here and there. And if I offend you, I'm not sorry. Yeah, there's just don't listen. <laughs> I'm 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 apologizing now. At some point on the show, I'll, I'll drop an f bomb. Yeah, f bombs will come out occasionally. I mean, we don't. We're not. Our goal is not to just just uh, curse all the time, but shit happens. Um, anyway, wild card. How do how does a wild card work in the new Super Twin series? We don't know necessarily, but we think we have a good idea. Jake, I'll let you kind of take this one and describe to the fans how you think the wild card will work next season. The way I see it, obviously they want 14 locked-in riders full-time for next year in the Super Twins, but 18 rider main events. So that'll leave four wildcard spots open at each event. So it's kind of left open to, you know, the Larry Pegram, you know, guys like that that raced a lot last year but didn't ride every round so it's still kind of a pricey license to buy to get in um i think for one wild card race for the license for the year and to sign up for the one race it's a little over two grand yeah i think it's like 2200 bucks i yeah. think for all the licenses you get a license for the rider the team owner and two mechanics so you get four hard cards and you get the like just the license itself. I think it's eighteen hundred bucks. Yeah. But the license is good for the whole year, and it's good for your team for the whole year. Yeah. Hard cards are expensive. They they used to be like six hundred bucks at yeah. one time. So you get the four hard cards, and that's eighteen hundred dollars, give or take of twenty or two. <laughs> and mm -hmm. then the um the wild card entry itself is five hundred dollars a race, from what I've heard. Yeah. So yeah. So you better do more than one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, I, they're gonna have four per round, you know, hopefully. So 
I guess if there's six that want to, I guess it's at AFT's discretion. discretion. Professionalism with your team. Yeah, because there's results. only going to be 18. There's going to be basically everybody that rides that day or races that day is in the main event. Right. So they're only allowing more 18. participation ribbons, guys. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you used to have to work for that G bar, that thousand dollar main event last place paycheck now you just they're just throwing out well, g bars well now much. you're paying for it you're giving a couple g bars to make a g bar right that's racing man you yeah. spend a million to make a couple hundred um <laughs> so that brings us on to our guest for the week jeffrey carver the wizard jeffrey has been a question mark this off season for a lot of the fans what is carver doing I haven't heard much from jeffrey he's not a big social media guy so He's not very vocal, likes to just keep things low-key, good vibes. From what we've just heard through a couple of posts on social media and James Monaco interview on Off the Groove is that Carver is going to take a wild card, which is surprising a bit because he's he's a top contender. He's been you know a top five rider consistently for the past few years, and I guess he just doesn't want to do all the rounds. So we'll have to check in with him here when we bring him on here in a bit and, and see what his thoughts are. But yeah, what, do you, uh, what are your thoughts on that, Jake? Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of crazy. Uh, I mean Jeffrey, he's been kind of on the rise the the last few years. I mean he's I mean the guy's won what Springfield uh, last year. You know he's a solid top five guy. Won Texas uh, last guy to win on a on a XR750 Harley. So yeah, so the guy's been on a rise and. I don't know. I mean, we'll have to find out what he has to say. But, you know, it seems like he was was headed towards more and more and more. And it almost just from the outside, it looks like he's selecting, choosing what he's going to do. So, you know, had the deal with with roof systems, had a good solid program, it looked like, at least from the outside. And, uh, you know, to kind of step back from that and kind of do your own thing. That's a that's a big move. Yeah, I mean, there's some days with Jeffrey where he's the guy to be. He gives some days he's the only guy who can give Mesa a run, give Briar a run. And then some days he's eighth, ninth, tenth place. You know, when he's not feeling it, he doesn't push it past where he needs to ride. So maybe the wild card thing makes sense for him. He just doesn't want to, there's certain rounds he just doesn't want to do. I mean, you don't have to race motorcycles. You do it because you want to, you do it because it's fun. Of course, we're out to make a little bit of money, but if you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. So I'm sure there's some races that Jeffrey really enjoys, Springfield, obviously, and some of the clay half miles, Lima, he always does well at. So maybe he just wants to pick the ones he enjoys and take those serious, try and make some money. And, you know, maybe a championship's just not on his radar. So we'll have to Check in with the wizard here and see what his thoughts are. But not much else going on, Jake. I saw there was some racing at the coin. Uh, every time I go to the coin, I usually knock myself out. That track hurts. But, yeah, not not a lot going on in the flat track world. We are going to bring Noah Chambers back this week for a, a segment. He ditched us last week to go riding. And, yeah, um, we're going to have to address that when we bring him on the show later because that pissed me off. Yeah, and I've got a couple other bones to pick with him. I talked to him on the way home from here when I did the last podcast. Yeah, we'll get to it. But he's supposed to build a flat track bike, and I'm supposed to help him out with it. Yep. Haven't heard from him. Told him, hey, I want to go ride next week. Didn't call you. Didn't call. You know, didn't call. See him posting photos at the track. Riding. While I'm sitting at home. So, yeah. I, when Chambers chimes in, we're going to have to give him a piece of our mind. But that brings us to our... Our guest segment, Chris Carter. Let's give Jeffrey Carver a call and let's see what he's up to. Dialing the wizard. Hello? Jeffrey Carver, Corey Texter here, man. How are you? 
Oh, I'm doing good. How about yourself? Pretty good, man. Jake's here. What's up? Hey, not too much. Just uh, hanging out with my buddies, uh, looking at this 252 stroke. Right on. We wanted to uh, have you on as our guest. First current rider guest we've had, non-retired. So there's been a lot of question marks this offseason with what you're up to, what you're doing. And we wanted to kind of bring you on and, and talk a little bit about what you've been doing this offseason and kind of what your plans are for 2020. So let's get right into it. What uh, what you been up to, man? Uh, and what's uh, what do you got in the works for next season? Well, I just kind of, uh, I've been spending some time off. I went out and did a hooligan camp out down in uh, like Southern California. And then I went up and hung out with James Monaco for a little bit, helping him. I took a couple couple months off, just kind of relaxed and did some snowboarding, uh, spent three weeks with my sister in Denver and uh, just bought a truck out in California and came home and raced the, the uh, decoy indoors and hit Christmas. And since I've been uh, gone for two months and uh, now that I'm back, I'm just trying to get ready and uh, hopefully come south at some point and uh, do some training for the rest of the winter. Everybody loves the wizard, right? I mean, you've kind of been uh, mm-hmm. kind of the, the, you know, a big fan favorite the last uh, couple years and, we were talking a little bit earlier how the, you know, the Wizards been on the rise, you know, won won quite a few races, you know, last couple of years. And there's, you know, the, the days that there's nobody that can hang with Mies or Briar or somebody, you know, the Carver always steps up and, and, and puts in a battle. So we see or we heard that you're possibly, you know, just doing some wild card rounds, this and that. Um are you allowed to elaborate on that a little bit? And, yeah, uh, yeah, tell us I what mean, you're doing? yeah, for sure, man. And I appreciate everything. You know, my plans are just to go out and I want to do the best that I can in the races that, you know, I can do. I mean, I want to raise enough money to be able to go, you know, full racing. But, uh, you know, we got a couple of Indians and stuff, and I, I signed up for everything but the TTs. And, you know, them are physical, but, you know, I want a national on the TTs, and I like them. I just, uh, trying to take a step back, see what's going on. And, uh, I really want to be just that much better for the races that I show up at. And I feel like, you know, not making a salary and kind of just running on my own. And, you know, I never have. And so always the money you spend and stuff, it makes you question about it. You know, I'm getting older and stuff, but then, um, you know, I look at it and I feel like if I can be better at the races instead of all the driving and living in my camper and doing different stuff, if I can go just after these races, just, you know, you know, 10% better, 15% better than I did last year, you know, maybe try and fly in and out instead of driving and getting back at 2 a.m. on Tuesday and training for a day and then leaving, you know, out for the next national kind of step back and try and be better at the races. Cause you know, you guys know how it is. If it's uh, you know, first to second's a big difference with contingency and, and different things and with the pay. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you can win races and that's always been my goal. So that's kind of what I know. I kind of took a step back and kind of questioned some stuff and uh, everything kind of turned around and meaning to put together a new program. And uh, I'm happy the way that things are looking. And uh, I don't know, kind of, I got to ride this weekend and just kind of getting that fire again and want to get rolling and just do my best. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you've been on opposite ends of the deal here, kind of flip-flopping, you know, it seems like every couple of years, you know, you one year you were riding 20 different motorcycles, you put in some good results then you, you you got a ride with Johnny Goad. You know, you had some good support. Then you went back to being a privateer, doing your own thing. Then you got support from Roof Systems. And now you're going back to kind of being a privateer again. Would you say you thrive more when you're the underdog? More so than kind of, you know, having like a big team and all the pressure. Like, do you like playing that underdog role a little bit? Man, it seems to be that way. 
more and more and uh it's kind of funny you say that because I definitely see that and that's definitely the you know some of the image but I feel like just finding the the proper combination with you know support and people behind me and uh and being able to stay having fun I think is the most important part it just seems like you know sometimes doing your own thing and uh I guess like for me just investing in myself has always kind of just help me propel myself forward so if I'm investing in myself ever it always seems like I'm moving forward so you know in this deal it's again I'm going back to investing back into myself you know you kind of put everything on the line and it is definitely a challenge and uh, I like to come from behind but (laughs) you know how it's nice to be able to win races up front but yeah it's just a little bit different of a change you know I just kind of get in a different mindset being a little bit older I still want to do the races I want to do and uh, go have fun it's just you know Obviously, with, uh, you know, I had a couple of the, you know, these guys getting hurt, just kind of every single time that shit happens, it makes you question stuff. And uh, so I just kind of stepped back and thought about how it can be better and and where to go from there. And, uh, you know, these are kind of the cards I got dealt and that I'm, I'm working with and I feel good about it. So just kind of go forward, you know, and do something a little different, try and get some uh, help to hopefully I can do all the races I want to do, but I don't want to go out and and be losing money i mean racing's you know pretty much my job so i don't want to just be doing it for fun so whatever proper way to do it i'll do that yeah for sure yeah i mean i i know exactly how you feel with that deal i mean the the whole risk to reward factor it's you know the, the older you get the tougher it gets. the tougher that gets and you know I, I applaud you you know going off and doing your own thing because uh, I mean, I'm kind of trying to do the same thing myself right now, but you know, it's great at times to have, you know, that extra support and things like that. But man, it's, sometimes it's like, you just want to, you want to Ricky Bobby and just race for yourself. You know, I mean, that's why we do it. We love it. And I mean, not to sound like an ass, but you know, you get a little bit of help and people kind of think they own you for not much, you know, I, I mean, I don't know if that's the right way to, to put no, it, I but it. you no, know, I, for, yeah, that makes sense. you know, for, for what we're doing and you know, it's like you said, we're not making millions of dollars. Some, you know, somebody can own me for a couple million dollars, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, like you said, we're just out to have fun and, you know, we're kind of doing it for ourselves and we love to do it. So you know that i mean you want to have you want to show up to the track and have a smile on your face and to get excited about what you're what you're about to do especially exactly. with how dangerous it is you want to you want to be enjoying yeah, yourself exactly. sometimes it gets tough so so what's your program looking like we saw some posts uh the past few days on social media you got james monaco involved which i thought was awesome you know jimmy's a real positive guy um and it's good to have somebody like that in your corner you got good bikes I saw you have Brian Bigelow and Cully involved, and those guys know know a thing or two about bikes. So, talk a bit about how your program came together and what you kind of have in the works. You know, it's uh, it's kind of interesting. I mean, a lot of my stuff on my site kind of fell apart, and I kind of, you know, had, was just talking with James, just going and visiting with him, and he offered up his bike, and you know, I kind of uh, kind of worked off that a little bit, and I was like, all right, we can go have some fun, do our thing, you know, and. Uh, and then I think uh, Brian or Cooley called James just seeing how he was doing and, you know, ended up, they ended up talking about what, you know, they had planned and it kind of just all just kind of came together, just kind of a uh, right timing. And uh, I'm happy with it. I think, uh, I think it's a good combination, you know, with being on the advisory group and working with Brian, you know, he's a very intelligent person. So um, I'm really happy to work with him. Uh, Cooley, I've always watched his work and, 
wearing some of his stuff and watch his progress. And uh, they, they, they kind of got the same mindset. You know, they're cool with not racing all the races. And, you know, they got their own thing going and they want to go to the races to go have fun. So I see it being a pretty good combination and uh, got some things to try and make the bikes a little better and make me comfortable. And uh, I do have a good idea of a lot of different stuff with being on the Indians the last couple of years. So to swap some stuff over and go after, you know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's a good group of guys to to have in your corner. You know, they all have, like, you know, Brian Bigelow, I've, you know, I think on one of our previous shows, he was always kind of one of the guys that none of us like to race with at, at his time and his prime. But uh, but no, I, yeah. I've become pretty good friends with Brian over the years. He's a pretty smart, knowledgeable guy and, you know, has been around the sport a long time. And Coley, I mean, probably one of the best welders and fabricators that that I've seen in the sport over the years. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, that'll be, that'll be neat to watch and, and see how, uh, you know, hopefully that all works out, works out good for you and have some fun, but everybody kind of always talks about Carver, you know, just so laid back and chill and never gets worked yeah. up. Is that how it is? Or, I mean, is there times where you get wound up on the track, you know, if somebody saws a front end off or something, are you just like, eh, you know, it's cool, man. See, you know, seeing the next corner or well, is it like I'm, I'm coming after this bastard you know what, <laughs> what's the what's what's going on in the mind of carver when when uh, shit goes sideways on the track oh man i don't know i uh i mean you, you guys know how it is if somebody tries pushing you around you always gotta like you know let them know that can't be done and you gotta earn some respect but i feel like also you know i'm never the one to get into somebody first and uh that's just something I remember watching one of Chris Carr's like VHS, you know, back in the day when I was first dirt tracking and, you know, he had said something about always being able, you know, like if you're fast enough, you're good enough, you can get around them without getting into them. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I know sometimes it gets heated, you know, obviously certain riders, you ride harder than you ride other riders, but I try and not go out of my way, but I'll definitely get flustered up sometimes. You know, I used to get a little bit more flustered when I was younger, but you guys know how that goes. Once you get flustered, sometimes you lose your edge. And, um, you got to be able to keep your calm and keep your cool to kind of maintain everything properly. So I feel I like that's kind of... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've gotten better with that too. As you know, like you said, uh, the older you get, the you know, the more experience. But I remember when I was a kid, man, if somebody got into me in turns three and four, I was going after them in one and two. And if I got them back, great. If I didn't, like, it didn't last long. But, you know, like, you know, sometimes it worked out, but sometimes I'd end up just, Man, I, I'd just ruin my race and run off the groove. And, you know, you realize you can't do that. You just got to, you kind of got to store it in the yeah. bank. And, all right, you know, I kind of, I've you had know, some I owe moments. this guy one a little bit, you know, so. I've been suspended yeah, from the AMA yeah. for some of my moments. <laughs> I've had some, I've had some fun. <laughs> I'm I'm a lot more mellow now than I used to be, but I'm not Carver mellow. But no, nah, we were um yeah. talking a little bit like it, it happens, you know. It happens. Oh. We've we've done it. <laughs> oh yeah, we've all been there. We've all been there. Well, who are some of the guys that you've kind of had spats with over the years? I mean, you're everyone seems. <laughs> a lot, but I mean, there's got to be somebody out there who you don't want to uh, beat you. I mean, I mean, me and Brad always went at it from you know '85s, and we've both taken ourselves, you know, each other out. I think. uh I was thinking about it with the coin indoors. Me and JD got in the strain where they, we took each other out, you know, three, four times in a row back whenever uh, he moved down our, our way and stuff. And uh, I don't know, me, me and Henry used to go at it too. But, you know, just every once in a while, it's just if somebody comes in and just like cleans your clock out and puts you on the ground, I'm just like, 
All right. <laughs> All right. Freaking fist her up. Let's go. <laughs> I feel like, you know, the, the older you get, you also learn that respect as well. And I think that's, uh, you know, also just makes it a little bit safer out there. You know, sometimes I'd rather, you know, finish second or, or third instead of going for somebody's throat just because it's like you know been around see all the people get hurt and whenever you get put on the ground it don't feel good and i'm never trying to hit the ground so <laughs> i just try and keep it as safe as possible and i'm like you know i always look in the long the long run instead of like the short term and i guess i've been able to um, keep that in mind while i'm racing too you know and then like, the older i get the better it just gets i guess yeah for sure yeah there's there's a there's always a time and a place, uh, yeah. you know, obviously Springfield miles, not, the, not the time or the place. Um, but the coin, yeah. the coin indoor second gear. Yeah. It's, it's legal. Yeah. Yeah, shit gets yeah. rowdy sometimes. Yeah. It gets rowdy. <laughs> so, I mean, is there, obviously you said, you, you know, you've raced Brad probably your whole, you know, your whole career, your whole life. Um, yeah, I, I, I got pictures of like me, Shana, Brad, Steven Vanderker, JD beach. And I think like, TV Bonzi and Chad Coast all, all like you know first second row on like 85s and amateur nationals, and uh, I know Corey was in there with us some of the time too, and it's just like that's pretty badass. Yeah. Just the group, it's just badass that the group that we grew up with, you know, to be able yeah. to race against each other. It always seems like it comes in waves. Yeah, for sure. I mean, do you have do you have a favorite like somebody that you enjoy just battling with, whether it was good, bad, ugly? It was just you know somebody that you know, made you better or, or just enjoyed racing with? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, like I've enjoyed, you know, racing with both you guys, you know, and, uh, whenever being younger and finally being able to bottle with Jake Johnson or, you know, like my rookie year, I got to, uh, battle with Carr before he left. And, uh, it's just cool. I mean, I feel like anybody you race with, you learn from, and, uh, I don't know, just over years, it's just, it's it just it's always somebody different you know you're always chasing that next person i enjoy racing with a lot of different people it's hard to say honestly i just enjoy it you know yeah i mean i've had some good battles with you over the years and we've never really we've never really done anything over the top where i've been like man carver's a dick you know he's always raced me clean you were more you were more kind of shana's error i mean i got the ratio a little bit when you turned pro but i remember some really good carver shana battles in the pro sport ranks talk about that a little bit it's always been good racing with her, you know, uh, it's pretty cool seeing her succeed and then, you know, the way that it's worked for her. And, uh, that's all I always think. I'm like, ah, oh, shit, they got, <laughs> that sucks for them guys today. You know, whenever she's on, she's on. And, uh, yeah, just doing all that amateur stuff was always, always pretty cool racing with her and, you know, racing with JD and, and Brad and all them guys. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. I'll go back and look at old, old pictures and stuff. And, you know, it is, it's like, if you got fast people to ride with, you all excel. You know what I mean? Um, iron so sharpens iron. Yeah, man. <laughs> when you're always there at the, you know, at the nationals, but uh, that was always that was always a great time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, thinking back at that, that was like watching the the early days of the the singles class. I mean, what was that? Oh uh, nine ish was the first yeah. year they they brought the singles to the to the nationals, and <clears throat> like you said, I mean. You, Brad, uh, Avila, Mikey Martin, you know, there was, there was a, a yeah. stack group coming Apparently. up at that time. Yeah. Now there's been obviously been a lot of talk about the singles class. Um, you know, Henry going to the singles class, a lot of guys kind of shuffling around. Um, what do you think of that? I mean, is that something that Jeffrey Carver would consider? Obviously, you know, you have a, a super twins program going at the time, but 
Is that something that has ever crossed your mind going back to the singles class? Man, I I mean, I thought, uh, you know, I had possible offer for some good stuff to happen in the production class. And I considered that for a couple of weeks. Um, But uh, when I think about going back and racing 450s, I mean, I love 450s. I know I can, you know, I can know I can, you know, beat about anybody on a 450 on a good day. But um, I don't want to go back and race them kids, honestly. I mean, <laughs> they're scrappy, they're wild, you know, like that, that, that class would be, you know, it's just as hard as any of the classes. And that's what's good about dirt track right now is uh, the level of talent with everybody. And, you know, you can, you can hustle and ride a lot harder on 450s and twins, you know, a little bit heavier, you know, hundred pounds heavier. You got to be able to control the thing and not get into each other and shit. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, um obviously with like walls you know he's doing it for whatever reasons proper for him and uh you know however you can keep going in the sport and you know whatever works for you so you know it's it's crazy because i always feel like they need to be like another stepping stone like you look at pro motocross you know you can be a local a rider but you can't have your pro license and i feel like there's kind of got to be a balance that's got to be set there now because you know, there's fast enough guys. I mean, you look at pro, you know, supercross and you see guys that are staying back or move back, you know, to the 250 class. And it's like, it's not just like that pro sport class no more, you know, it's, it, it's an elite class now. And, um, it's interesting, you know, how the sport's changing and stuff, but, uh, I definitely would not want to go back <laughs> and race everybody on 450s. It's just an not my gig. <laughs> yeah, I tried it and it didn't work out as well as I would think. And the biggest thing I tell people is the the talent level is there. I wouldn't say it's it's quite as elite, obviously, as the twins class. That's the, that's the premier class, but it's a different kind of challenge when you're out there. You know, for me, I was you know I'm a little bit older now, and to be out there and battling with these guys on a mile, and they're you know they're sawing your leg off going into the corner and they're you know drafting yeah, a lot different hard. ways than they've ever drafted me on a twin it's like more of a mental challenge than anything to get the confidence i mean toward the end of the year my singles year i would get close to guys i didn't like racing with and i wouldn't even try and pass them i'd be like y'all you can have it like i, I would just back off the throttle because there's guys in that class that just go into the corner and just crash i mean you don't you don't see that on a twin <laughs> where guys just fall over like they're getting shot from yeah, the grandstand yeah. so yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, how do you think Henry's gonna do in that class? I mean, it's you said it. You know, it's there's a lot of good, a lot of good riders in that class. How do you think he'll end up doing? I don't know. I think he'll do good. I think he wins some races, and uh, it'll be interesting to see to see how he does with everybody. I mean, you know, we obviously all know Henry can hold last, and especially at his good racetracks and stuff. And uh, it'll be interesting. You know, I feel like it's just. I said it's definitely a different type of competitiveness there's a lot more rowdier stuff going on so being able to adapt to that i mean when you're a kid and you're learning and you're fighting to turn your spot you know that's just the stage that you're in so whenever you know us that have kind of made it through that and keep working our way forward it kind of you know you try and step back down in and you know it might be a little bit different but henry's definitely a wild one so he might fit right in with the group so <laughs> we'll uh we'll We'll let him speak on that, you know. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to watch. Uh, I'm intrigued. Yeah, it's gonna be it's yeah. gonna be wild for sure. Um, I mean, I consider you one of the young kids, just because I'm the old guy now. I mean, but you're kind of you got an old soul. You know, you're a big framer guy. You know, riding Rotexes all the time, and and you've actually got to experience a little bit of the old school of the sport. I mean, you've ridden for 
uh, you know, yeah. guys like Von Wood, Johnny Goad, Eddie, I mean, Atkins, Eddie yeah. Atkins, you know, you've, you've experienced the early nineties. Yeah. The eighties, nineties and two thousands of flat track. Yeah. And, well, know. I'm about, I'm, I'm about to be 29. I mean, I've always kind of, I grew up a little bit on, you know, I was age 12 riding at 85 when everybody else was on two fifties, but, um, yeah, getting to, getting to work with all them guys has just been amazing. Honestly. Um, it's always a huge learning curve. Like, you know, getting to pull them pieces of like old legends and just some old school little tricks, you know, it's like little things stick in your mind, you know, from the different guys and uh, getting to getting to work with all them guys is pretty cool. Yeah. I remember like when I won my first championship, like that was, that was like the one thing that, that stuck in my head. It was like, you know, I won it with, with Dave Zanotti at the time and, and, you know, Ted McDermott, Mike Hacker was my, you know, where they were my crew at the time, but you know, I thought back and I'm like, man, it was, this was like a combined effort, you know, like what I learned, what I learned from Johnny Goad riding for him and Maroney's, the Suzuki days, like, it's just, you take little bits and they pieces all help you get that title along the way. Not part of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of guys that have, you know, like Chris Carr, he was with Kenny Tolbert his whole life, which yeah. Good guy to be with your whole life. You know, you don't, there's not much outside of Kenny Tolbert you need to know. Right. Right. Um, but (laughs) I've, I've kind of, you know, jumped around a little bit here and there in my career. And that's, uh, you know, I'm kind of grateful for that. You know, like you said, you, you learn all the cool little things, what, what works, what doesn't work. And, you know, it's, it's definitely neat to learning from all the, the old guys and uh, what, what you figure out along the way. But uh, I mean, who was your, your favorite tuner to work with to, to this point? That's a hard question, man. It's <laughs> tough. It's tough. Yeah. I mean, you don't have maybe not your favorite, but maybe most well, memorable. Yeah. Man, I don't know. It's hard to say because I mean, like Eddie Atkins was my first first guy that I worked with and worked with him for really three years because then I rode for Kisos, but he was still the behind man. But then, like, you know, you go up like Woody Howell helped me all through the middle days, like came up to me as a 250, and we did all the way up to winning pro singles stuff together and working all the way up to now still. He's pretty cool, man. It was, it was awesome. I mean, he, you know, I, he walked up to me when I was on 252 strokes because we ran – bone stock stuff all until we went to the horizon award he kind of came up wanted to help us and you know i've had a lot of really good memories with that guy honestly uh traveling with him and shit and then uh but then again like you know also the last you know four years five years or whatever i've got to work with ben evans and that's like a young companion just like working you know just like a group together to go do it and uh man i don't know it's hard to say like i said i've had it, it you know it's like i don't know relationships i guess even at a certain point with some people you know you you get you know you have good relationships with people and things kind of just keep passing through and uh i say it, at least if i'm gonna name you know them three i think kind of helped through the years just the different stuff that i did you know uh learned a lot and uh had the most fun with that group no, yeah, going through the list, you've you man, you've worked with some legends. So that's uh that's cool, man. I mean, I've got to work with some of those guys and just it's it's a lot different working with somebody like a Johnny Goode and a Ron Wood compared to, you know, a Rich Hansen or Ben Evans, you know, the old school to new school. It's uh it's crazy, you know, working with somebody like Johnny Goode or or Ron Wood watching. Get on the gas, boy. Yeah, it's, there's no sugarcoating, man. Get on the gas. 
<laughs> yep, they don't make you feel good. They're 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 gonna tell you how it is. You know, it's it's uh it's kind of cool. I, I I like that honestly. I'd rather them just be honest. You know, I don't like. You know, that's I was working with Chris Carr this year and. I came off the track at Springfield and a lot of, you know, usually my guys would be like, Oh, you know, you look okay, you know, whatever. But, um, Chris Carr was like, dude, you suck. You, you know, you, you look like shit. <laughs> and, and I was like, and it was an eye opener and it, it really was a big reason why I started riding better. I'm like, I'm like, all right, dude, good. Like, thank you. Like, yeah, I get it. I'm, I'm shit today. So, um, yeah. that honesty from an old tuner is, is, uh, it's pretty cool, but yeah, I just, there's like a different balance. It's like, I think you almost, you need one of them and then you need a good person to work with too. Like a tuner that kind of like, you know, is a little bit closer to you. And just like, I think that combination is what, you know, like having, you know, like with Dave and my Cacker for you, Jake, and you know, like, I think them combinations is what really sets some things apart. Sometimes, you know, you need somebody to tell you how it is. <laughs> and then you also need somebody that'll be like, all right, what do you need to do that? You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's times where you need a cheerleader and, you know, somebody that's going to pump you up. And then sometimes you need the, the honest truth. Like, Hey, you suck in that corner. You need to, the bike's fine. <laughs> Get your shit together. You know? So yeah, they, we've all yeah. battled with that, you know, and you, you question yourself. I mean, it's, it, it's easy to blame the bike, right? So that that's the yeah. first thing, no matter what the, the rider, you come off the track, you feel like shit there's something wrong with the bike. We need to, we need to change this, you know, but if you, if you have that, that support group behind you, you know, the Johnny go can be a little rough at times, you know, I mean, oh, I bet. <laughs> no, it's good to have somebody that's invested in you long-term too. Cause they, they look at more than just the present picture, you know, like I had a good buddy and um, he helped me out for years and you could, I could tell he was emotionally invested in me more than just, he was getting paid to do it. Like he genuinely wanted me to succeed. And that kind of helped me kind of like ride my best because I knew he had my back, whether I sucked or if I didn't. And if you're out there and you're not doing well and you have to keep worrying if you're going to get fired or things like that, it's hard to get out of that slump. Cause then you start riding timid and then you start riding, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, yeah, um, yeah. it's hard, it's hard to do that whole deal, but, um, no, man, that was good stuff. I appreciate that. The only other thing I we have a segment I want to go over here in a bit, but the last thing I wanted to talk to you about is uh, I saw you rode the coin indoor and there's these new tires that are out Hoosier tires. And I saw a lot of guys had the Hoosiers on at the coin. Uh, give us some feedback. How are those tires? How do they work? Man? Um, I like them. It's pretty cool. They got a little different, you know, they're, they're in the development stages. Uh, you know, I really, they work good, especially in the cushion. So the coin, you know, usually they grade it and it'll groove up, but Steve Nates did a good job just kind of like actually keeping it prepped and there's a lot of moisture in it. So this day we just kind of chased the edge of the cushion there and uh, the things worked good. I was just trying to get them hooked up down low. It seemed like a lot of people were having issues down low. Track was a little bit different, but um, all in all, I'm pretty happy with them. Um, if everything works out, I'm going to come down to your race, Corey, and um, I want to get Rotax down and do that. And then maybe try and, uh, you know, use them down there and see how they work. I think, uh, you know, I've been talking with the guys and was kind of, I'm going to start helping them develop them just a little bit more. And uh, we'll see what happens. I, I definitely see that the company's interested in making the best product they can before they launch it. So just like anything else, you got to kind of start off and try and figure things out. But um, it was good enough for me to get second in both both mains uh on saturday and then i won both of them on sunday um but you know oh no i think it's pretty cool you know i'm, I'm really happy to see another 
um, brand come into the sport, um, you know, kind of change things up a little bit and uh, get another name out there. And, and then also for us riders to have another option to be able to run at places because we all know when you're outlaw racing, you know, you want to have at this point three different tires in your in your stack. But um, it's pretty cool. They kind of look like a, a, a sprint car tire. And uh, I'm having to move around some of the pads so you get a little bit more side bite out of them and um, trying a little bit different sidewall construction and things like that. So for me, I just like I've always kind of been a tire deal, you know, like we were talking, I learned some stuff, you know, Woody and Johnny and Eddie Atkins, you know, Eddie always had the crazy tricks for tires. So um, now I've just gone over time. I kind of know what I, I want and see. And so. I feel like I can be a, a good help and service to the company that kind of design them and make them just a little bit better before they actually want to like, uh, you know, do the mold and sell them to the public. So um, at, at this point, they're honestly, they're, uh, they're hand grooved. So there's somebody with all these sets that they're using, they're letting everybody test, which is super cool. You know, it's a badass that company wants to come in and just let a whole bunch of riders use the stuff, but uh, they're testing. They want to see how they go. And uh be you know a household name in dirt track for for a dirt track tire not just you know you get a little bit upper hand and then a little bit different style tires so um i'm, I'm excited for it i think it's pretty cool yeah it's it's definitely cool i mean there's there's more flat track tires now than ever before right yep. i mean i remember when like i was a rookie there was done or there was goodyear maxis continental okay. um at the time there wasn't a spec tire right. so it was it was kind of cool, but it kind of sucked. Like, you had to have a yeah. lot of shit in the truck. Yeah, everyone <laughs> said make it happen. spec tires, but, man, yeah. spec tires, like, it's kind of nice not having having to buy all the different brands. But, yeah, we can even use, like, five or eights now on the half miles. And, man, it's like sometimes, out. dude, it spins yeah. me out hard. <laughs> and Rapid City this year, I oh, went with an eight. we all picked eights in our main event, the, the production twins. You know, it's 15 laps, so it's, it's even harder because, I mean, that's – you can almost make a five work everywhere, but everyone went to a CD8 or whatever they're called now, an R8, and Ryan Varnes put on an R5, and he kicked our asses, you know? So it's, um, man, yeah, the spec tire thing, it's... It's, it's definitely, uh, yeah, it's... I, I don't like having to <laughs> have options there, honestly. You know, yeah. you got to run one in practice, but you want to test. It's like, I'd rather run the one tire and make yeah. it all day or you know, keep working on it than having something that's you know, hooked up, and then the main event, you got 25 laps with this fucking hard-ass tire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, what? yeah, when you think, you know, all right, am I going with a five or an eight? Am I going to be fast at the beginning or at the end? You know, yeah. you kind of have to, have yeah. to, you know, pick what, what's going to happen. But, um, yeah, we got, uh, we got a little segment here for you um, called the high or low line. It's just kind of uh, – two options you know pick what pick what you like and uh you know kind of give us a little, little explanation <laughs> right, but uh so yeah so we were talking about early in the show before you came on uh wrestling match who do you have Mies or wiles it's it's, a, it's something that's been it's been bound to happen for years it's got to happen at some point but well, what do you what do you if it ever went down who you who, picking who's coming out on top <laughs> If I tell you guys, will you guys tell me who you guys would pick? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I'd have to go with Wiles for some reason. See, I, He's got the leverage. I was thinking Meese, man. I just, 
he's just, I, I think Wiles just, I mean, Means is, you know, scrappy, but Wiles, I feel like, could just get in his head or something. Just do something, you know, I don't know, slap him or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my, I didn't pick either one. I said two guys rolling around on the floor in tights, nobody wins. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like Wiles could probably, like, people would pay for a Meese-Wiles match. They'd pay for a Halbert-Wiles match. Henry's like the Conor McGregor, like pretty much anybody he would kind of, you know, that would be a sold out deal, I think. But um, if we're, if we're all betting money, I'd bet money on Wild. So maybe we can get something to go down, you know? Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> That's got to happen. We got to happen. Yeah. We're going to, Meese will do anything for money. So we'll yeah. throw him a, we'll throw well, him a couple we'll of things. Right. We'll have to do it for charity or something. Yeah. It's gotta, it's they don't, be to a good and cause, if they don't right? want to do it, we'll be like, well, you don't like charity? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. perfect. Perfect. That's actually uh, a really good idea. It's on. It's on. It's on. Um, all right. All proceeds go to Jake Johnson's 2019 race fund. 2020 for us. Oh, 2020. Yeah, 2020. Sorry. I'm still uh, trying to pay off 2019. Jake's has a few beers down now. He's starting to feel it. Uh, but uh, yeah, next next one. Uh, you know, we know you're an old soul, and uh, kind of wanted to get your uh, opinion on this one. But Bob Marley or Jimi Hendrix? Fuck. <laughs> wow, man, that was a good. That's a good one. You guys are, yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Um, I have to say Bob Marley. Both? Most of my favorite Bob Marley songs are songs that aren't like mainstream. You know, they're ones that are like you know, like Cornerstone and just like I don't know. He's just got like some little ones that just got a little bit. You know, like Hendrix is badass for what he does and how he plays and you know just a badass you know but uh bob molly's kind of got like that i don't know he's got like that background meaning to a lot of his songs and shit like that so that's definitely a good question <laughs> that was a hard one i could probably guess what one you're gonna pick on this but you know but would you rather ride a framer or a dtx bike 450 wise obviously uh 450 wise Another? I no, I haven't had a good framer in a long time. <laughs> it, it, well, I guess we can't count big red. I guess we can't count the Rotex because that's that's no, probably easy no. answer for you, right? So. I mean, yeah, I don't know. DTX bikes are good just because you can do whatever. I mean, it's hard to say because I like variables. I mean, you know, I want to I, I want to wear the best shoe that's fit for for the job, you know. And there's definitely times that like you know there ain't no you know you just fucking make a framer you know go but it's crazy how good the dtx bikes have, have gotten over the years you know like they used to not be able to compare it to a framer but once people got the dtx bikes figured out it's like eh, they're pretty fucking good you know wherever <laughs> you want to ride them yeah, yeah i've i've did the same thing i was on we we're on four or dtx bikes forever and jumped back on my old uh suzuki framer a few years later and i'm like man this thing's gonna be so much fun to Are ride you trying right to sell that thing i'd love to have that <laughs> well it's not it's not the one it's i have like my i own like my backup which is basically oh, a, yeah. a copy of uh of of the bike that i won daytona on those times um well that was always cool watching you ride them things like, i know that i know i love that thing but yeah it was the, and, and that's what happened like we, we rode dtx bikes for so long and i jumped back on that thing at one of hacker schools or something mm-hmm and I got on that thing, and I could not ride it. Wow. All I wanted to do was wheelie and turn right. <laughs> and way faster on my DTX bike. But it, it, I think it was just one of them deals. It was, you know, just hadn't been on one in so long. But uh, yeah. But obviously, yeah, I, 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 I miss those things. They're fun to ride. These things get sideways, and they stay sideways. Like you get a little bit sideways on a DTX bike. 
It wants to spit you sometimes, depending on the track. Yeah. But um, this is another tough one, man. Ron Wood, Rotex, this, the, the Willow Springs bike, or an Indian FTR 750. What, what do you have more fun riding? <laughs> uh, fuck, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I love the Indian, really. I mean, the, the Woods Rotex is badass, but, I mean, whenever you got the power of the Indian and just freaking can whip one of them around, it's just I really want to put a Woods together with an FTR motor in it <laughs> for, uh, oh, for, like, Lima oh. and shit, you know. Just yeah. for Lima. Just build, one, just build it for Lima. <laughs> just be, uh, yeah, amazing. I, uh, Indian frames, like I don't, I think they could be a lot better. I think the engine is phenomenal, but I feel like on certain tracks, even cushions, I feel like the frame is good, but I feel like maybe like a linkage, whatever, would maybe be better. So a woods, a woods Indian. Woods Indian. I I was working on him, you know, like the last two years, but. He told me, he was like, man, he was like, I'm not really in the position to be able to do it. And if I do it, I want to do it like proper, you know. <laughs> so we never got around to it because I'd stay at his house and shit a little bit, like, you know, last couple of years out of his place and try and get him to do something. But, man, you, you know, if you guys have rode woods before, when they work, they work, you know. When they don't, they suck. But <laughs> when they're on, it's like you don't want to be on anything else. Like uh, this, this weekend in the coin, I was dragging my hand on the ground going into the corner just for like – fun i ended up <laughs> had my gas off when i went out for the last main event and ran out of gas so i bump started and was riding in the back and was dragging my hand on the ground it's like <laughs> i can do that on that bike at a lot of places now like i've done it at five different places this year and i don't know what other bike i can really do that on so <laughs> there's always yeah. something special about some things yeah those things are cool i I don't have a whole lot of exp- i haven't ridden a whole lot of woods chassis but uh but yeah, they're just neat. They're just kind of feels like riding a mini bike almost, you know, they're just thin, narrow, you know, light, just kind of easy to throw around. Um, yeah, but, uh, all right. So Jeffrey Carver's just hanging out, right. You know, off season, obviously. So, you know, we don't like to do this during the season. What does, uh, what does Jeff Jeffrey Carver like? You like to kick back and have a beer or, you know, a mixed drink or some whiskey or what's, <laughs> you know beer or liquor beer or well, liquor, basically uh, yeah well i'm i'm actually at my buddy's house uh they always have crown i'm sipping on a crown and uh coke right now there, actually that's the, that's the flat track go-to right there <laughs> but but if it's gonna be something it's usually like a moscow mule or i'll just do like the ginger ale so i don't have to get a whole bunch of the sugar i Dude, like to have my babe. drinks just a little bit stronger you know babe. <laughs> um, like to sip on it and do my thing, you know. Yeah. If not, it's citrus IPAs. I like I like citrus IPAs. Now that I'm getting a little bit older, I'm finding a little bit different taste. All right, <laughs> I like it. I like it. We got the same taste in uh, alcohol, man. I uh, I like it. What uh, what about Land Shark? You Land Shark guy? Uh, yeah, I'll drink them. I'm I don't think I've ever really bought them from a store, but I'll drink them. <laughs> yeah, if they're free like, and somebody's like, cooler, I'll have one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like or pbr i'm like old school i don't know why i like all that like it's always old school everything what i want <laughs> so i like pbr or stag or hams if i'm just drinking something from a gas station hell yeah all right well now that we're talking old school last question i got we got for you man is uh pick one rider kevin atherton or scott parker it could be riding or a drinking contest who yeah. you picking well 
Yeah, dude. When you when we had these questions, I didn't even put it together. I'm like Atherton or Parker. Like Parker's won a million championships. Like just just stat wise, it's what first crossed my mind. Right. But I forgot about the whole 23 thing. There's something. Yeah. There's oh something yeah. Special there. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It have to be. It have to be Kevin. I mean, I've ran into Parker. I think in Daytona at like a bar, like a couple of days after a Nash at the national or something. And but me and Kevin, he traveled with me for. Um, I think when I won the pro sport title that year, I think he traveled with me and so it was me, him and Woody Kyle. And, uh, and then I don't know, Kevin, he's funny. I've, I've, I've just had a lot of different, you know, experiences with Kevin. He's, uh, <laughs> he's a wild do, one. Do you have uh, probably none you can say on the show, but do you have, <laughs> do you have a funny Atherton story from that year traveling together? Like something, I mean, I'm sure that's a dumb question. Obviously you do, but one one you can tell us right now and to all the listeners. Okay. (laughs) Okay, So we were in a, what, what they call Halbert's big rig. That old one he had. The black pearl. The black pearl. The black pearl. Yeah, no, it it was a black pearl. We we were in there and uh, we were sitting in one of the seats and Kevin with his leg injuries and stuff, somehow he can lift his one leg up next to his head <laughs> so, i've, I've he, seen it he's, yeah he's got his leg straight up and down with his shoe on and like, he was sitting a beer on top of it and i got a picture of us in there together hanging out <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know he could do that dude henry uh, yeah, yeah. Henry. Atherton, I, I had a few land sharks too but henry uh, yeah i said it again atherton man he uh where did I see Atherton? It was somewhere. I was, like, trying to find somebody once at, like, a Springfield campground or something. It wasn't even that late. It was, like, 11 o'clock, and he's, Corey, get over here. Come here. Take a sip of this. He had something in a jar. I don't know what that was. Probably moonshine with what God knows what. He goes to hand it to me, He go, and then he, he's like, oh, wait a minute. You got to race tomorrow. He's like, well, go ahead. If you want it, you can do it. Like, he was like, head <laughs> at me i was like ah, i'll pass on that bro i don't know what you got in there but yeah Adam's a legend dude that guy's cool as shit i love that guy he's funny parker's cool though too man yeah. parker you want to wow. you want to go to a drinking tournament where you guys are just drinking beer like you're drinking beer that guy can put down some some beer that guy yeah. likes some- well you guys kind of you guys kind of opened up that question so it wasn't super specific <laughs> it's hard <laughs> to say which one takes that stuff down <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's uh yeah, like I said, you you've got some you've got some uh, personal uh, history with Atherton, and I mean, obviously Parker's a legend, but um, well, he's yeah, he's he's cool. I remember he walked up to me at a Springfield one year, and it was like I think it was a year before I won it, and he was like, "What the fuck's your problem?" <laughs> he was like, "Why don't you just get the job done?" He was like, "You got what it takes. He's just just go fucking do it, you know." And I'm just like, "God damn it, okay." <laughs> yeah. That's Parker. He's in, right. I mean, when it, like when the guys won ninety four nationals, I guess he he can pretty much say whatever he wants. So, <laughs> yeah, I was, <laughs> and and I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was funny. I I was never a big Parker fan as a kid until I met the guy. Oh, you yeah. know, like they they always say like don't meet your heroes because it like it'll ruin it for you. Yeah, but I guess it was kind of the opposite. Like I I was like ah oh, well that guy just won all. Who the was time. your hero then growing up? Uh I think Ricky Graham. Yeah. But Ricky Graham was, was <laughs> good, but, but yeah, you know, like Parker and Carl, like those were the guys that were just like, it was just boring. Like, you, you know, like you knew it was like, Oh, Parker won again or Carl won again. But as I got older and realized what it took to do what they did, 
and then actually got to yeah. hang out with Parker and those guys and see how cool they were. It was like it was a whole different story. I, I like I felt bad for not appreciating that, that I didn't yeah. like them as kids. I'm yeah, like, yep. I'm like, oh man, I, yeah, no, I get it. That's cool. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like Jared Meese. We don't really like Jared right now because he won a bunch. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He's getting his ass kicked a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's starting to uh, kind of feel some tension, man. The young guns are creeping on him. Uh, I yeah, like that's the. What we're here to do. I like the yeah. Springfield battle you guys had this year, where you uh, gave him all he could handle, and then the crowd was saluting you, and you gave him a, a little bow, like showing showing some appreciation for your hometown fans. Yeah, that was an awesome race. I was I was drinking beer in turn three watching that one. <laughs> oh man, I was I was trying. I was like, God damn it, his bike's so damn fast. Him and Kenny, he's like, jeez, you know, I don't I I gap him two bike lengths off the corner. But if I wasn't on his rear wheel, I couldn't draft him. But you just try and throw some different punches. Sometimes you throw them away too soon. You know, you you live and learn. But yeah, that was definitely a good fun race. I uh, I really enjoyed that. I feel like if I, uh, I'm coming off of four, that last lap or actually mid three and four, I went, I went like three foot higher on purpose just to kind of like throw, throw him off and try and dive bomb back. And, uh, they never water, as you guys know, they never water the top, whatever, 20 feet. And it was so high up. I didn't see that that's where we were. Cause all the rubber was over it. And so as soon as I felt the thing start busting loose, I was like, it's done. I fucked it up. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mid, like mid corner, three and four. I was like, it's over. Yeah, but uh, that was definitely good. You know, he's a smart duck. You know, he's learned from all the past guys too. So, um, yeah, it'd be cool yeah. to see what happens this year. He, he texted me earlier on, you know, this year and asked me about some shit, and I was like, I'm not, I'm not quitting. I was like, I'm, I'm not gonna let you just get away with winning shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm here to, to change yeah. that shit up. I want to get my grand slam and went some of these national tracks that I've been so close to, you know? Yeah. yeah. What do you, what do you got left? Uh, I got to get a short track. Short track. Okay. Short track. Yeah. yeah Castle Rock yep. was your first win, right? TT. Yep. And then obviously, yep. Yep. Your file. what happened? Oh, uh, Texas. Texas on yep. the old yep. X, the last one, last guy ever to win on an XR 750. That's it. I think that's it. Yep. You're going to hold one for, for life, which is cool. I, I may be. Yeah. yeah. Pretty cool. I thought I was going to try to top you at uh, Rapid City last year and <laughs> at XR yeah. and was like, fast in practice and qualifying. And then once I had a you race, pretty quick on it. I was until I had a race against 15 other Indians that you can't, you can't carry the corner speed. And then, you know, you go to accelerate off the corner and it's, Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I'd, I'd love to bring it back again. It's just, you know, lose contingency rides and then, yeah. Uh, it's just a plane. Even when I rode it and I got a third at Atlanta two years ago, it was like the same deal. I had to play the the Indian game where I was turning the thing a little bit harder than it wanted to be done. And yeah, you know, new school stuff, changing things up. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate you coming on the show, man. We've we've had you on here for a bit, and yeah, it was a good time. A lot of great insight, man. We're me and Jake. We're we're Carver fans. I don't know many guys that aren't. We uh, love racing with you. Love watching you do your thing. Real fun to chat with. And wish you the best next season, dude. We'll uh we'll be there at the track rooting for you. And uh, hope it all works out for you. Yeah, thanks, man. And you know, I just got a freaking shout out just to, you know, I'm trying to look for some people to help make it happen. So if anybody hears the thing they want to do it, you know, just get a hold of me. And uh, I appreciate it, man. We're ready to. Uh, go do some ride hopefully i can make it down for your race that was a 
that was a great time last year, even though I tossed it on the ground. I got <laughs> uh, I I got a little bit of redemption and a little bit of, you know, some shit to well, talk. So I know you want to grab a grab a, a main event when there's a lot of good guys coming and you were flying there last year. So I appreciate I appreciate the support with the race and wishing you the best, dude. We'll uh we'll keep in touch with you and yeah, any fans out there that want to help Team Carver hit him up on social media and uh he'll uh give you the details. Yep, yep. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate it. It was a good time being on with both of you guys. Yeah, man, it was good. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll see you at the races next year. For sure. Appreciate you. All right, bye. Don't hear much from the wizard publicly, so he's a pretty, pretty low key, quiet guy. Good to hear what he's got in the works for next season, and he's just an epic old school dirt tracker. So that was that was really cool to have him on the show. Jake, who we got on tap? Chambers chimes in. We skipped him last episode. Well, no, he skipped, he skipped us, us last episode. So we're going to check in with... Uh, He's working right now. He's working. With our, work. with our correspondent, uh, Noah Chambers. Chambers chimes in. Um, Chris, give uh, give Noah a call. Let's see what he's up to. And he better answer. 10-4. Dialing him now. Hello? Hello? Is this Noah Chambers? Was good. I don't know. You tell us, bro. You ditched us last oh, dude. week. Hey, how was... Yeah, uh, dude, what was I doing? I was, uh, I was hiding, right? Yeah. Monday, yeah. I was whipping. Yeah, you didn't call me. It's embracing the grind. <laughs> what grind? Embracing the grind. Ain't no grind, bro. I show up... Noah Chambers on, first off, let's introduce Noah. He was the guy that was on episode one. We're following his progress from pro moto to pro flat track. I don't know, though. I went motoing, motocrossing with, uh, yeah, motocrossing, motor, motoing with Noah on Motor-crossing? Saturday. <laughs> I went, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, first off, let's, uh, let's <laughs> quit with the motocrossing. We're a few Get beers. A out of pocket. Uh, went motoing with Noah on Saturday, and I don't know, dude. You pulled out behind me, and I didn't see you go by. What was what was going on there? Uh, I was. You said, "Oh, come out and follow me around." I was. I was scared for my life. My lord, dude. <laughs> you just settled down out there. <laughs> I wasn't that bad. Come on. I didn't know. If, I didn't know if you were gonna take me out or, or what was going on, but it was. Uh, it was. It was a little spooky. Well, let's bring you on the show, man. We just had Jeffrey Carver on. Do you know? You know Jeffrey Carver. You a Jeffrey Carver fan? The wizard, yeah, man. Of course the I know. Wizard. Who doesn't know him, right? Yeah, there you go. So we had Jeffrey Carver. Yeah. We're uh, doing a little chambers chimes, and you're at work right now, right? You got any customers? Dude, I'm actually dealing with a customer right now as I speak. I'm giving nah. two of these like alcohol slushies. I'm making them as as I'm speaking right now. <laughs> what What do you do? Are you a bartender? I mean, what what what's what, what do you do for work? You name it, dude. So like, well, obviously right now I'm at the beer distributor, but you need me to sell you beer? I got you. You need me to oh, go so, like, you know, what's that? So this is how this is how crazy Pennsylvania is, right? I mean, I was in the the beer distributor the other day, close to me, and they, I think they have one of them alcohol slushy machines, right? So you can get yeah a, an alcohol slushy, whatever it is, like to go, right? The lid. So you just have to yeah, put like so, or you have to put like tape over the lid, right? And then it's considered absolutely. like it's considered a seal. Yeah, yeah. As long as you don't have a straw in it. It's not considered an open container, so you could just you get this freaking that's amazing margarita <laughs> strawberry daiquiri right from the beer store, dude. Why do you and tell me you have that? Me no. right. 
drive home with it. And Dude, like, I'm yeah. literally, so you just said the strawberry daiquiri. I just made this guy two strawberry daiquiri slushies. And they have a, as long as I put this sticker, it's just a cup, like a soda cup that you would get at like McDonald's. And on it, it says, you know, you got a little sticker over like where the straw goes. And it's just like a government warning sticker and you can sell it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the first time I saw that, the first time I saw that was in Texas. There was a, uh, they have a drive through one, like drive through daiquiris. And you could just, just yeah. roll through the drive-thru. They hand you a daiquiri. It's got the Surgeon General's warning sticker. You know, don't <laughs> drink while you're pregnant or driving. And you're, have at you're it. good to go. It's crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, well, seriously. Let's talk a bit about your – so we, we touched upon your goal for this, this offseason is to get ready for the, the, the Daytona TT. It's a tough one to say. Today, Junior, Daytona TT. And you're building a Cali 450. You're waiting for people to call you back on parts. Talk a little bit about your Cali 450 build. What are you doing to the bike to transition it from moto to flat track? And how's that coming along? So honestly, I don't really know anything about setting up a flat track bike. So good thing I know you guys. Um, with Foley, James is Foley. He actually sent me up a shock. Well, it's still in the mail. Awesome. Hey, thanks, man. Right. Yep. Have a good night, man. Um, yeah, he, uh, he mailed me up a shock and it's already set up for him. So we got the shot come in. Chad coast gave me a, a whopped out moto bike has no motor in it. We're going to, it's a Honda and me and Jake, are going to rip the forks off and, uh, get those dialed in. So it'll be a, you know, a 2020 Cali 450 with, uh, I think it's a 09, 20, what year is that Jake? Uh, that was my old bike. So it was a 2011, I think. 2011 Honda. 20, yeah, front end. 2011. So it'll, yeah, it'll have the 2011 Honda front end, front end on it. Um, and I don't know how it's going to work, but it's the cheap way and we're doing it. So honest, my Yamaha 450 I had, I hated that thing. And you thought it was sweet. So you don't know the difference between what's good and what's bad right now. Yeah. So honestly, once I get on this bike, once it's all done, I'm probably going to be like, this thing is sweet, but it might, it might honestly suck. I don't know, but I honestly, I think it's going to be pretty good. I really do. I don't know why, but I just got a good gut feeling about it. I think it's going to work. <laughs> it's a Cali, dude. It's going to be awful. Uh, that's what you keep saying, but you're just, I mean, dude, I just, I just smoked you on a Cali the other day on a moto track. So I, you know, I don't know, dude, you could talk all you want, but Tomac wins on a Cali. Are we doing the old, so we got the winter throwdown coming up. Are we doing the old, I ride a motocross <laughs> bike and you ride a flat tracker on the short track? Oh, I mean, he, you probably don't want to do it before the race, right? The knobbies will mess it up, won't it? Oh, I don't care. I ain't racing it. I'm just Whatever, promoting. yeah. We're absolutely going to do that. We're going we're gonna to do it at Callahan, and then we're going to go to, what would we say, PAX or like Orlando? And we're going to go motocross. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Look, so these guys, right? Well, I think it's more Corey than anything. Comes up with these crazy scenarios right so i guess he's gonna race noah on a flat track with Noah on a flat track bike, bike and me on a motocross you bike. on a motocross bike and we're gonna go to a and then go to a track. motocross track with Corey on a motorbike and noah, and noah with, flat track, with wheels. flat track wheels and tires i think i got him covered <laughs> on both i swear i do i know i got him i got uh, you well mm, there's Five. a lot of there's a lot of variables there are we going to a cushion so, flat track let or is me, it like let me say this there is, uh, you will probably beat me on the flat track, but there's no way you're going to beat me on the moto track. Flat track tires on a moto track and me on a moto bike. I think I got you. Does he have 
Dude. Just flat track tires with moto suspension yeah. or it's flat track suspension? Yeah. Not moto suspension, flat track tires. He's going to smoke you. I don't think he will. Yes. Depends on the track. At PAX, a sandy-ass track? Uh, it doesn't well, it matter. It depends on the time we get there, but if we get to PAX in the morning when it's smooth, you're toast. If we get there when it's rough and whooped out and loose, then I think probably still toast. What, what kind of tires are you running? A Dunlop, a Midas? Ooh, like, that matters. It does matter. I'll is pick he allowed, the tires. Shinko. Is he allowed to cut them? <laughs> like, is there a no-cut rule? I don't yeah. know. We'll figure you, that out. Give me a Shinko. You don't even know what a Shinko is, dude. I don't know. We'll see what's up. But, yeah, if, you are, if you're a flat track fan, you want to see Noah Chambers get nasty turning left, he will be at the Winter Throwdown January 10th and 11th. Shameless plug for the race. But, yeah, it should be uh, it should be good, Noah. And, and you're a 20-year-old bachelor. You're single. Just curious, before we, before we let you go, get back to work, are there any new ladies in your life right now? You you got a girlfriend? I mean, I don't know. I can't keep track. No. I, I to mean, talk. man, I've been, um, obviously, you know, I hit Tinder and Bumble pretty hard. I, you know, I slide in the DMs here and there. Um, man, I've been messing around with this one chick, you know, kind of like throwing her some vibes and stuff, but she hasn't been catching them. So I guess she's probably just, you know, not really feeling the flow. But, you know, like I said, I'm all I'm all over Tinder. You know, when I throw down when I'm down there in Florida, you know, I'll be swiping right on everything. I mean it's not dry, but is it like popping off right now? No, not really. Didn't someone pee on your toilet seat? Yeah, you had some dude over and he peed on your toilet seat or something. Oh, dude, no. I don't know what that was about. That was really weird. That was on uh how you doing, sir? <laughs> yeah. Three fifty. Could I interest you in a frozen margarita? Thank you, sir. Have a good one. Hey, man, how are you? Hey, bear with me, guys. Hold up. Back to back. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> back to back, dude. <laughs> Just a bowling rock? Just a rock. 25.43. That's expensive. Like Give him a deal. All righty, man. Give him a deal. It's rolling Hey, rock. thank you, sir. You have a good new year. Yep, thank you. Dude, bowling rock 24 pack. We, I don't know. Dude leads. Out here buying a 24 pack. <laughs> beer, beer and PA is expensive, dude. Let's let's quick touch upon your predictions for the throwdown, and we'll let you get back to work. How how are you thinking? Yeah. Play out. I have no idea. What do I want to do? I want to do the best I can. Like if I, I mean, I mean, I expected to get smoked at Timonium, and I came out on top. You know what I mean? So I don't know. If I go down. If I go down there and I do like really shitty, but I feel good, then I'll I'll be happy. But if I go down there and I like feel like shit the whole time, I don't get in the flow at all, then I won't be happy. But honestly, dude, the first time I ever rode was there and I was feeling the flow. Track was mint. It was probably the best conditions possible, and it was raining. I, I heard and I heard throw. Yeah, well, it was still good. You said all oh, these conditions suck, but come throw down, dude. Like I don't know. You think the track's gonna be good? Is it gonna be tacky? It's my race. It's gonna be awesome. Then I should I should have no problems. I have no I have no idea, dude. Because like like you said, I've never really done I've never done a short track race besides Simonium. Is that even considered a short track? It's very short. Yeah, it's very it's it's very short. <laughs> indoor. That's it's like, an indoor short track. Yeah. It's six second lap yeah, time, so, bro. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, I don't know. I uh, I hope I do good. I mean, I better, right? I'm supposed to race Daytona. I'm going to be able to do decent. God. Noah, appreciate you chiming in. Thanks for not ditching us this week. And we'll catch up with you soon. Have a good one. Yeah, man. Thanks for uh, getting me back on. I'm actually bringing up customers right now. But uh, I'll try to make it, you know, 
more. I'll try to make more of an appearance and actually come over. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll have to come work. By. Or we can just come by for a slushy. Yeah, you know time. what? We could actually one of these days we could have the podcast right here in the beer store, and I mean it's free beer the whole time. You know what I mean? Ooh, Ooh. We need we need that we need that sponsor. Am I am I legally allowed to drink to take the Surgeon General's warning sticker off the slushy and drink it in the store? Legally, no. But you know what? There's been guys in here pounding them for the past two hours, and I'm just not going to say nothing. <laughs> so, uh, so if you want to crack right. a booth here behind the counter, take it. You know what I mean? Like, feel free. All right, man. Well, we're going to roll out of here. I'll see you tomorrow. Appreciate the uh, the chiming in. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Noah. Yeah, you guys take it easy. All right. See you, man. Goodbye. See you, man. Oh, Noah Chambers. Yeah, he's a pretty entertaining guy. You'll get to know him here on the show a little bit. But, yeah, we're transitioning him from pro moto to pro flat track. He's done, like, two or three races. Like, he's very, very inexperienced flat track guy. But he won Timonium a couple weeks ago, which is a novelty flat track. Nothing's like it in the world. But he's got some confidence brewing from that Timonium win. So he's racing Daytona TT, singles, pro singles. That'd be cool. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see it. Uh, obviously, I've haven't seen him ride a flat track yet, but I've chased him around the moto track quite a bit uh, over the last couple of years, really. Like I said, like I think I said in one of the previous shows, I it's fast. I was chasing around before I even knew who he was, you yeah. know. I, but yeah, I mean, that's as privateer as it gets, right there, right? I mean, the guys <laughs> guys selling right selling slushies to uh, <laughs> to to support his career, and yeah, I mean, beyond the the flat track side of it, I mean, he's still trying to qualify for pro nationals and, and things like that. The, he's a super talented kid. Um, so it's, it's cool. We like to kind of the, the whole group here, you know, we kind of like to help them out and, and, you know, we're, we're not big, uh, well, we're big moto guys, but we don't know a whole lot about it or not in that world, but yeah, we're trying, um, but yeah, it's cool. We, we like to, we want to see him do well, whether it's flat track moto. Um, it's like, what can we do to get Noah qualified for a gate? Because he can do it if he's on the right stuff. But we don't know what we're doing in the moto world. We're just, like, trying to figure it out. Like, let's get Noah on the gate. So I, that's kind of the I plan. got a question. Which, which one of you are going to go run a uh, outdoor national? <laughs> Not me. I've Jake could possibly well, do it, but... Ain't C Tex, bro. I can't. Well, I, can't chill. I, guess I'll, I guess I'll drop it right here. If I'm not racing flat track this year... I guess I can't commit right now, but that that's been my goal or that that's what I've always said when, it, you know, if I'm not flat tracking, I'm going for a 30, pro, 30 plus Loretta's title. Dude, I, I was, I was talking about that a little bit. I said, I bet Jake could do Loretta's man. He's quick and uh, that'd be good. I mean, the, the 30 plus class is stacked. It's pretty though. stacked. It's pretty stacked. I kind of started looking at the rules a little bit more and uh, I had this thought maybe five years ago, right? Like I said, I don't know the rules exactly. I think they've changed throughout the years, but uh, I'm like, man, I want to go ride Loretta's 30 plus when I'm done racing. Then I looked at the results and it was like, yeah, it's like all, Carmichael, Mike Brown, Tim Ferry, Mike Brown, yeah. Tim Ferry, yeah. Robbie Raynard. And I'm like, yeah. just crushed my dreams. Right. Yeah. So I just looked recently and the good thing about, I think the 30 plus at Loretta's that Speed. you cannot be, a, you could have never held or there's some a pro you can't be an ex pro moto moto guy okay so i feel like i have an advantage yeah an ex pro but it's kind of a loophole there that's what i've told somebody i'm like i'm not great at moto like i'm very average but i'm a pro flat tracker so i have some race savviness to me to where you know i think that would help me along the lines of guys that don't have as much 
of that race savviness. So I think for you, that'd be good. Like you're a pro flat track champion. You might not be the fastest guy out there, but you know how to race well. So yeah, that could be good. I should, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not riding pro moto, dude. I, I'll be Jake's pit board guy. You know, <laughs> I've had, I've had those aspirations that'd be cool. at a little bit younger age. Maybe when I was like 25. The thing is, there's a lot but, of guys that race flat track that are good moto dudes yeah. now. It, it wasn't like that 20 years ago, but now, like, you look at anybody in the main event, everyone's pretty good at moto. I mean, Jared Vanderkoy, Breyer, Henry Wiles, Mike Rush, um, even the guys you would think suck, like, at moto, like Sammy and Brandon, they're not that bad. Like, they get around all right, so it's uh all right i mean <laughs> maybe no no i mean i don't know i don't yeah, know, I don't know. I mean, no it's uh yeah it's a different deal it's a different deal but yeah I mean, we're I, not I think pretty when fun. we do it but get around all right i mean c-class champs yeah something like that well what was well back to your uh crazy scenarios wasn't there something you you thought you would not qualify last if you could yeah if daytona, you, daytona supercross, supercross yep. if you could just Jump out on the trioval and skip the whole whoop section yep. or something? No, more than the whoop section. So we oh, were, pit road and just skip like three. We were at Daytona sections? Supercross this year and I was hanging out and Vanilla Ice was I was hanging out Vanilla Ice, like no big deal. But um I didn't even know it was Vanilla Ice until I asked somebody. But yeah, we were hanging out and there's a section at Daytona, it's like a long straightaway with doubles, triples, whoops. It's it's a slow section. And Chad Coase is actually the guy who's with the weird scenarios he's like hey dude if you could skip this whole section and run the asphalt on tomac's bike would you qualify last in practice i'm like i don't think i would like <laughs> I, I probably would but i didn't think i would at the time because it was like a 40 second thing that i could turn into 15 seconds on tomac's so 20, bike so, is that, so you're making up 25 seconds on tomac's bike i don't know nah. no 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 okay. well it was fun to think about, but yeah, we think of all these crazy scenario questions. Now, it's a big job, but that's uh, what we do. We a bunch of racers, uh, group text, things get a little out of hand, and this is the shit we come up with. But yeah, that no, was a good show, Jake. We're uh, episode three now. It's kind of like the Wiles uh, Mies wrestling match. It'll just it'll just never happen. I think Mies is scared. We can just dream. Yeah, we'll see. Try and make that happen. But episode three, we appreciate you guys tuning in. A lot of a lot of support. We appreciate that. We try and keep it real. Try and give you guys our honest opinions. And having guys like Carver come on is awesome because he's the same way. He'll tell tell it how it is. He's not a politically correct dude. And and we love that because that's what the fans need to hear. They you know they need to hear what's going on behind the scenes and and get the honest opinion on on the flat track scene and and how it how it happens from a racer side of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I- Honestly, I'm a little disappointed. I thought I was going to be the first one to drop an f bomb on the show, but Carver, Carver used Carver them up. Cover. I think he used them up for the for for a while. He used a few. <laughs> so, nah, it's uh, yeah. Disclaimer: This is uh, you know, it's a couple curse words on this show, but it is what it is. It's not a big deal. It's what we do. And good show, Jeffrey Carver. We have a, a few really good guests coming up. We have in the works. We're not going to disclose those, but. Yeah, stay tuned. Keep supporting the show. want to thank everybody for tuning in. Jake, anything else you want to chime yeah, in on? Yeah, just uh, keep giving us feedback. Um, we need to do maybe like a – now that we're starting to get some fans, you know, we got some listeners here. Maybe uh, give us some ideas. Tell us what you want to hear, some certain questions. Yeah. You know, like the whole wild card thing and the whole, everything that's going on, it's just we're here to educate. 
We're here to educate. Should we drop rumor? Sammy Albert? Who's he riding for? Is that riding for Harley? No. 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 No, we're not going to do that. Cool. We'll be respectful <laughs> on this side. But <laughs> anyway. yeah, let, let us know what you want to hear. You know, I saw a, a big debate this week. I hate to call people out, but somebody asked if Kenny Roberts, what was it, 1975, oh, if his TZ750 would, that he rode would, would be win competitive today. Yeah. today. Oh, man. We'll, uh, we'll see you next week, guys. That's all we got. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Peace.